Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is our 2018 season primer for the Melbourne Demons. My name is Heath and Josh is with me. And we've got a couple of guests today. We've got uh, Ricky back again for another year from Sports Berserk. How are you doing, Ricky? Yeah, not too bad. Good to be back. And Harves from halftime.com.au. How are you doing, Harves? I'm very good. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, so we're just going to look back at Melbourne's uh, 2017 first and then what's forward for them. Um, we'll start with uh, ninth on the ladder and 12 wins. And uh, Clayton Oliver was the best and fairest. But it's fair to say... That last hurdle, that, that was where it came down for Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still hard to talk about. Well, someone had to go. No, yeah. no actually, at pretty work, pretty I was telling, well, I mean, I, I've been sort of telling the story that my dog died and that that's why I keep having these breakdowns <laughs> <laughs> during the day. Didn't have a dog? No, I don't have a dog. <laughs> Never had a dog. Not anymore. Uh, yeah. but, I mean, so it's, um, yeah, it, I mean, you, we look back on the season, uh, the whole season, and there was just the f- loss to Frio by a couple of points, yeah. the loss to North Melbourne by 22 free kicks to 10. <laughs> um, that, uh, and, and let's be plural, because <laughs> I've got that down as the, one of the low lights for, for Melbourne. But. Yeah, the, the other loss in Tassie, well, you know, that, it's Tassie. that was just... Yeah, uh, some young players getting pretty tired, and I, know, I can't make any more excuses than that for them, but... Uh, well, there was nap time at three quarter time <laughs> and you got the wind behind you and everything like that but anyway there's that there was actually the game against Richmond when Spencer went down and Bull Smith went down and then Petrarca was hobbling around yeah. on one leg so we had three players were up by the end of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter we just had no run and Richmond ran over the top of us and then there's the Geelong game when Max Gorn went down. So there's a bunch of those where you look at it and you go, if, if just that little bit of luck, yeah. no injuries in those or something like that, that actually would have meant we were playing finals. Well, Maxi missed, uh, what did he miss, nine games yeah, in the middle of the year? Like that that yeah. takes a, a lot out of you. Because it's not just once you get back, then you've got to get back into the speed of it and, you know, yeah. and that side of it. So that yeah, hurts. and it was a hamstring injury as well. So even when he came back, he wasn't running at, not that he was known to be a great runner, but per se. still. But also just watching his jumping in, in marks, in yeah. marking contests, he, he sort of wasn't getting too many inches off the ground. Um, so you could, you could tell there was a, you know, he wasn't 100% back from the hamstring injury, but, you know, as a ruckman, you, yeah. can, you can get around that. But he just wasn't playing with the form that we would have liked to have seen from so Big Gorney. if you go back to the start of the year, though, like finishing ninth just out of the eight, um, is that a pass mark, do you think, if you went back to you know, January this year with what yeah, was coming I'd up? Yeah, I'd say there'd be a lot of fans that... I mean, the expectation was finals. Yeah. Like, uh, when I talked to you guys, I put Melbourne eight, 
so it was close. Yeah, pretty close. Well, and St Kilda seventh, so eight. that was one. Not point five percentage points off you were. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, at, the, at the start of the season, <laughs> and it's the onions. Um, yeah, the the start of the season. If you had have said ninth and you missed by a you know yeah. a bee's dick, then I probably wouldn't have been completely upset with that. But when you get there, but the heartbreak of it all was yeah, yeah. it was pretty full on, especially when we had it all in our own, own hands, rocked up and played an absolute rubbish game against against Collingwood, Collingwood. of of anybody. Yeah, that's right. So and the dog thing. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're imaginary dog dying as well. That, that, that didn't help. That's just rubbing salt into it. Um, on, on the positive side of things, we've got a few positives for Melbourne, and, and one is uh, Clayton Oliver. So was this season two or three? For two. Season two, and he's taken out the, the Bluey Truscott medal. Yep. It's not a bad effort for a second-year player. Well, plus led them in goals, and I think it was uh, second in score involvements. So getting plenty of the ball and doing so, good stuff with it. Can play. It's going through him a fair bit, hmm, fair yeah. to say. Um, yeah, he was, I think, fifth uh, in total possessions for the league as well. Again, and second year. I mean, admittedly, 80% of that was handballs, but he... Hey, that's, that's the modern <laughs> he game. certainly knows how to find it. Mate, I'm coming from a team that has Tommy Mitchell. We're not going <laughs> to say anything about, uh, about those, those little handballs. A couple of great dives. <laughs> hey, clipped it. The <laughs> elbow was thrown. Um, right. You got a punch on with a fan, that's it. <laughs> I thought um, Red, redhead. some other highlights of the year uh, had a, a real contender for goal of the year Yeah, with uh, Jaden Hunt. Jaden? Yep, yeah. yeah, the big talk. I'll tell you what, uh, not a bad effort. Yeah. And the camera angle right behind it too. Just yeah. perfect. You don't get that anymore. Just connected and watched it sail. It was beautiful. Had, had no right. Um, what other positives we got for Melbourne? Petrarca, his development. Yeah, yeah. he's getting there. Um, he actually led the team in score involvements. Uh, so he's he's smart with the ball. He's not um, he's not as good as he's going to be. He is going to have a brilliant twenty eighteen. I hope so. I hope he's got to, got to get better. But I thought Petrarca he had the kind of season that Oliver had. Sorry, he didn't have the season that Oliver had. He, but you'd expect that from him, as opposed to Oliver. If that makes any sense. I think the difference mm. is the role. So yeah. the role Petrarca played as a half forward. Yep. Um, and moved him into the when. Uh, Viney went down and Jones yep. was injured and things like that. We were playing him more in the midfield. The idea is to rotate him through the midfield anyway, but they had to increase the game time that they were doing that for him. Yep. His first, uh, I'd say, two-thirds of the season were great. So uh, he, he would get 20 possessions. He'd kick yeah. four goals or two goals or whatever it might be. You know, his tackling, his pressure work was pretty damn good. I think... The tail end of the season, I think he was a little bit cooked. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of our players were. But um, Ooh, I mean, that's, that's what you expect when you have to spend team. you know an hour after every game looking for someone to piss in the cup for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's not funny. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, some of the other highlights: uh, the win over Adelaide and Adelaide. That was a fantastic four-quarter effort where nobody gave them a chance. And um, you know, if you look at the bookies, we're probably predicting a ten-goal loss. Um, it was Adelaide's first loss for the year or second loss for the year second the fir- loss versus North yeah um, so there's some positives there for him as well yeah, and I went over for that game it was oh did you really particularly right, yeah. enjoyable I was actually watching it with uh, Jack Watts's dad so well my wife was she was right 
started chatting to him. I like how she just left you. To, left you <laughs> yeah, like, no, like this, no, this guy's better. There was no getting her back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also the game where um, didn't they the Adelaide uh, members w- requested that anyone bringing a non Adelaide no, supporter? Oh, I was the Saints game. Yeah. You know, the, the well healed fans. Yeah, yeah that's no, right. Even that El- Melbourne game though, there was quite a lot of stories about uh, people. You know, you can call or text the message saying that right. there's a member in the yeah. audience that's being a pain in the ass, and they do that to supporters to from be, other teams. To be fair, though, that could have been just they were having white wine with red meat. You know, the Melbourne well, supporters. Yeah. Wouldn't play I wouldn't accuse teams. the Melbourne supporters of that. They wouldn't no. make such a rookie error. Um, and that was the other highlight I could think of during the year was uh, the Melbourne supporter with the cheese board who made himself famous. <laughs> um, clearly, he's just done it for the social media, and well done to him. I was disappointed. Like, I, I've called that as the, the Melbourne Adelaide was the Daffenwire versus Darenberg. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, right. went over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> yeah, well. But I'll take that. Daffenwire's good cheese. I like it. Yeah. Collingwood must have been up and about. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? The lowlights for Melbourne, obviously, we've covered off round 23. But for me, the other lowlight was losing twice to North. Because um, we're looking at a 17 game winning streak now. That's amazing. For North Melbourne. Yes, yes, for North <laughs> Melbourne. Um, it's one thing years, I think it to is. say that uh, Melbourne have had some dark times, but I mean that's one of the positives is disappointed in just missing out on the eight instead of disappointing in missing out on three wins, as opposed to what it's used to be. Um, but to go down twice to North is still it's it's something to look forward to this year. I think well, they got two yeah. games against North, they got a chance to end. The thing to look forward to next year. There's only one, yeah, so right. they can only lose once. That's one way of saying. Are they playing in Tassie again? Uh, actually, I think they are JLT in the. Yeah. The preseason, <laughs> JLT, yeah, let's not exactly. So I'm glad we're getting it out of the way before the actual season starts. That's it. All right, let's have a look at their list changes then. So we have got so, lots of outs. You got Colin Garland, who was a bit unlucky. Yeah, uh, well, he didn't play any uh, this in 2017, 2016. He played very limited. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I think he had a he knee Rico and stuff like that. Played half a dozen um, or something like that in two yeah. years. So he's pretty well loved at the club by the fans and everything because he was a pretty good player when we were going through a pretty shit time yeah. and uh, and he actually chose to stick with the club instead of moving on which actually you know in hindsight might have been better for him to go somewhere else but um, yeah he's, he's well loved and he's already got a coaching position with the club so, so he's, he's looking after the next part of his life yeah so he'd already been doing that this year sort of part time development coaching role-ish yep. type probably an unofficial title and um, so yeah they're, they're quite happy to, to bring him through and, and get that sort of stuff into him which is great love having old Cole around the club yeah it's good um, it says a lot for the club as well to try and keep the players on because that attracts new players when you become look when you come here we'll look after you you know it's it's a life it's not just a yeah, uh, the biggest a footy. significant change at the Melbourne footy club in the you know since Ruse came in was a cultural change yeah. and Colin Garland clearly was a part of that and they clearly see was, that you know, uh, he can, can contribute to that you know going forward was he part of the change or was he part of the change that needed to be or, or a bit of both yeah want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 percent online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way 
an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I don't really know what you're trying to get at by that. Uh, was it, <laughs> so was he the one helping the change through or one it's of the like ones that went... cheese jokes and it's going for my Was he the ones that um, helped make the change or they went, guys, you, you call it, you need to sort yourself out? Did he get a choice no, in that? No, no, I don't no. think, I don't think there was yep. anything like that so, with Colin Garland. So I, part of the change, not a reason for the change. Yep. Yep, there we are. Um, Jack Trengrove. Uh, again, we talk about Colin Garland sat out the last couple of years. Well, Jack played 10 games in five years it feels like yeah I think he played two this year yeah um, he was ripping it up in the VFL uh, you know but easily over 25 touches a game and um, identified so Vickery uh, no he wasn't <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's a actually lie. no <laughs> ripping up his contract in the VFL <laughs> um, yeah but he uh, he was also identified as one of the leaders like all yep. the boys in the VFL absolutely yes. loved him and mm-hmm. that's right so you know he's still all the fans again Loved seeing him get back out on the track. But watching the game against Port Adelaide, which we won, but he played in that game yep. later in the season. And I think there was a, a play where Boak was at the contest on Melbourne's half-back and managed to get the handball, dish it off and start running down, uh, get it back again. And Trent Grove was the one chasing him and basically ran all the way to the 50. Yep. And he just couldn't, couldn't even get near yeah. him. So... I think that, you know, is it past him? I definitely hope not. I'd like to see him succeed. But um, but I think that showed... He, I was actually, this morning, I was watching a bit of the, the grand final. <laughs> I was watching a bit of the replay. I just, for whatever reason, decided to do that. And just the speed of that game yeah. was insane. And, you know, can you afford to have players that can't keep up with that? Uh, you, there is a point where you've got to put the emotion out of it. Um, and it was funny, I think even at the uh, Best and Fairest account, they noted how well-received uh, Jack Trengrove and Jack Watts were and how loved they are because you get that sense from the Melbourne fans that they're, if he goes on and plays a dozen games for Port next year, they're happy for it. Yeah. You know? um, as long as Port don't kick Melbourne out of the finals or anything. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a limit, isn't there, yeah. to anybody's generosity. But um, you, want uh, see them, you want to see people do well, just not better than you. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, and not at your expense. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm super keen to see well, how these boys do at, at Port Melbourne, but just <laughs> sorry, Port, Port Adelaide. Um, but with Port Adelaide as well, they didn't beat a top eight team. No, no, I, I think that they were um, fortunate to finish where they did. So and uh, when Luke when Luke Chewy kicked that goal, I was cheering. <laughs> but anyway. but when you were talking about the speed, uh, Melbourne, the grand final last year. The main key that uh, Richmond had was tackle pressure. Mm. Every time um, anyone was in the ball, tackle, tackle, tackle. Melbourne actually had the second highest average of tackles for last year. The problem being, they also had the second highest average for being tackled. So the speed of getting away from uh, the ball, and you know, probably don't handle to a bloke arms reach away. Mm. Uh, if they can just get that little bit more speed, a little bit uh, more broken tackles, 
They're going to emulate so the way Richmond played. That might come back to the old Paul Ruse tactic. Uh, exactly of what I was con- thinking. Contested football and congestion. Yeah. You know, lock it up, lock well, it up, lock it up. Well, especially if your big ticket is uh, Maxi Gorn, you're going to want as many ball ups as you can get, aren't you? If he's uh, dominating, but not that it happened this year. But um, you... Goodwin's tactics are a bit different. He wants to open it up a, a bit more, but not sacrifice too much. But it'll be interesting to see if if um, yep. it develops further. The attacking style develops further this year. Well, it was only his first run around, wasn't it, in the big seat this year, really. Yep. Um, so he's still yet to assert his dominance on uh, on the team or his will, if you like. Um, and mention quickly there, Jack Watts. So I think it's it's one of those ones where it had to happen eventually. Yep. Um, it, it, it's a shame he, he got thrown you know, in front of the bus a little bit when he was first started and never really come back. Do, do you reckon he's going to find his feet? At Port? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, one of my feelings are that maybe he's... Well, there's going to be one or two things going to happen here. Either he's not going to, yep. he won't get in the team, he will struggle to play a few games, or he's going to come out and play career-best footy. And then... But as a Melbourne supporter, yes, I would like to see him still yeah. achieve success. Um, but I also think that if he plays that career-best football, it's because of the change that kind of needed to happen. If he had have stayed at Melbourne, would he have achieved, you know, that level of, you know, he's going to a new team with new coaches, a new playing group, and he has to prove himself to them all, you know, whereas at Melbourne, he's got a whole bunch of mates, you know, knows people, knows what he can and can't do and things like that. What he can get away with. Yeah, you know. What did Melbourne get out of the trade? uh, Pick 31. Yeah, so when he goes to to Port, he's not... um, He's not the first draft pick. He's picked 31. He's not even the first trade target they had. No. <laughs> they've, they've gone, you know, picked up, I think, a, a good half a dozen or so in the off-season already. So he's not like uh, Porter putting their hopes and dreams behind him either. No, he's probably not even in their top five. Uh, draft picks or no, trade, of, of, trades. of players, I mean. No, I, no, I, no. I, I don't know if he's in their top 25. <laughs> he's been no. a symbol, like, at Melbourne yeah. for that shit period of time that we went through the, yeah. the terrible mm. terrible play and culture and everything that was around it's just been symbolic of uh, I guess the fans hopes yep so when he was achieving success all the fans were just so happy and you know that that was symbolic of the turnaround and the change in, in the club so there's a little bit of Tyrone Vickery about him in that respect like because Tyrone became the punchline for Richmond's woes so the whipping boy the, yeah. absolutely the whipping boy and, uh, yeah, Richmond did all right once he got rid of him. But, you know, you never know. It can happen. Yeah. Um, but Jake, Jack Watts can play football. <laughs> you, you might play some good football in the sample. Um, Jake Spencer, also um, delisted end of the year. I found that one surprising. Uh, I wasn't. When we were at that Adelaide game, we were talking to Jack Watts' dad. He was uh, talking about how Spencer was extremely disappointed that he got injured because that year was... and. That Gorn had gone down. That was yep. Spencer's opportunity Chance, yeah. to uh, put together some real highlight, real material for the yep. off season when he was going. He to was looking into anyway. the market. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're on a team with Jack, uh, with um, Max Gorn in it, yep. and you want to be a number one ruckman, yeah. you're not going to stay at that club. It's got to be a different club. And Daniel Curry did the same thing at, at North, and it didn't work out for him either. But um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one because um, it now does make the, the ruck stocks look a little thin. Well, um, <laughs> last year, yeah. as soon as Spencer what? went down after Max. Then yeah. Pedersen came out and 
did well. I thought Watts played yeah. some of his best games in, in the, the ruck. In the ruck, yeah. Yeah. Probably because probably they said, look, uh, you're not a ruckman, but have a crack. And there was no pressure on him. Sean Griggs did the same thing for, mm. for Richmond. Um, but the ends. Now, they've uh, got uh, Harley Ballack over from uh, the West. Yeah, it's a player, I guess. But Jakey Lever, um, one of the hottest uh, free agents. Well, not really a free agent at all, was he? He was a trade um, in the offseason. And Melbourne managed to land him. Um, besides a shitload of cash... He must have sought something at the Demons because he had options. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. Adelaide said that he had a lot of options. He had 10 different clubs that they wanted to negotiate <laughs> with. So, but um, yeah, no, Melbourne, I think Melbourne got in pretty early yep. uh, in their discussions with him. And uh, it's proven a great narrative too for the offseason. The whole negotiations with, you know, the Crows guys rocking up with the laptops and closed it and walked off without saying a word. I love it. It's great. But I think uh, it, it actually is a reflection on the, the change that's happened at Melbourne. Yep. And that I think they're a more professional outfit in terms of identifying who's coming out of contracts, the talent that's available out there at other clubs that, yep. you know, is potentially going to move on and getting in negotiating and having the early discussions and trying to make things happen as opposed to sort of just waiting Wait and see. for players to be delisted or waiting for... Yeah. You know, and then having to throw your hat in in the ring amongst six other teams or something like that, you're actually ahead of the game, and and they're trying to convince that player to go somewhere. Else. You're saying offering someone a million bucks in round three is a bad strategy? <laughs> yeah, North tried. They tried their best. <laughs> I think, yeah, offering it in round three, it did very well for one person. <laughs> just <laughs> not for the North Football Club. Though. Well, to be fair, he's going to conv- Dusty's going to convert that to New Zealand dollars eventually, which is like ten billion. <laughs> You might buy their MBN. It was uh, funny though, because with North Melbourne, it, it, you know, it failed, and they went, "Oh no, no, let's do it, Josh Kelly. Yeah. We'll give you millions of dollars too." And uh, then the next one, and then he's yeah, gone. He, you know what? I'm just going to stay cheat up. But even he's on a two-year contract, so that's not a you know, don't call me. That's like yeah, don't that's call like, me yet. You know, just, no, that was like a can someone else call me? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody at all? No, he's just waiting until their window's shut for GWS and. Yeah, two years is not a bad idea, I thought. Um, all right, let's have a look at 2018 for Melbourne then. Uh, their double-ups are Adelaide, Geelong, Gold Coast, Saints and the Bulldogs. I reckon that's rough. That's a rough uh, lot of double-ups there for a team that finished outside the eight. Except the Gold Coast. Um, Except Gold Coast, who are going to be shit. Yeah, you'd, you'd, line, you'd put uh, wins next to that. But uh, Adelaide, Geelong... Saints and Bulldogs. They're probably not quite at the same level as them. Uh, although the Adelaide games will be interesting with Lever. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of focus on the Adelaide games. Um, but Adelaide got better, I yeah, think. I can see Adelaide, though, um, sitting outside the Hyatt Hotel where Melbourne's staying and just pretty much getting people to play band all night and do the old uh, Uruguay uh, soccer team style yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, the good thing is the first Melbourne-Adelaide game, I believe, is played in the Northern Territory. So, um, I don't, you know, 5,000 people jeering is not really a big deal. <laughs> Well, you, you just got to try and keep those 5,000 people off the field. That's usually the trouble with the... If it's, if it's a night game up in Darwin, that's what usually happens. Mm. I think uh, ha- calling it the like BYO Daffemoir game is probably a bit silly as well, but whatever works for Melbourne supporters. Not letting go of that cheese joke. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it fucking work somehow. <laughs> we'll have to edit it in somewhere, I think. Um, but the, the double-ups with Saints and Bulldogs, they're a good test for them again um, because they're finished around the same mark in the, uh, on the ladder this year. The Saints are looking to improve. Um, Bulldogs have trimmed a little bit, um, but th- that's really going to tell you where Melbourne's at, I think. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, you never know. Like 
so Collingwood's got the the best, you know, schedule going into to next year. Which actually, is, I love that. I, I yeah. do too, because it yeah. means there's no fucking excuses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, years straight. but as well, like you, if you had have told me that you know uh, that Melbourne's playing, I can't remember where we when we played Hawthorne, but early in the season yeah. you're playing Hawthorne, I would have gone, oh, crap, that's not a game that I'm really looking forward to. Start of the season, suddenly Hawthorne's an easy win, yeah. which we lost. But, um, <laughs> well, but suddenly those, like your schedule suddenly looks completely different mm. when suddenly yeah, Geelong, you know, aren't playing very well because they've got too many stars and, you know, things like that start happening. It was like 2015, Frio coming off, you know, a, a tilt at the Premiership and all of a sudden they're like, no, uh, Fife's out, uh, Sandler's yep. is out. They're shit. Yep. And then your schedule's just looking fantastic. Mm, yeah. Although I don't think that's going to happen with Gold Coast. I think uh, I think they're still regardless. well accounted for. Yeah. Stewie Jew. He'll turn them around. Don't get me wrong, but uh, not by round one. I got to say, it's a long turning circle to turn mm. them around. He's turning a boat. So who's going to have a big year then um, for Melbourne? Who's the, going to be the highlights for him this year? Do you think? Oh, look, you can have the obvious,es like with Petrarca and um, you know. Clary will go again in the same way. Yep. I think Jack Viney with the injuries that he had mm. last year that had, like um, restricted him a bit. He came back with that foot injury and then had a ripping first quarter against yeah. Port Adelaide. Basically played as good football as you're going to see he, from a player. He seems to play really well against Port. I know Ollie Wines is his mate, but mm. I, I wonder if that's a bit of him because he's got a little bit of mongrel about him. The player I'm super keen to see is Corey Maynard. Corey Maynard, okay, talk yep. us through. Yep, so he's um, uh, played VFL. He was at, um, Braden Maynard's brother yep. from Collingwood. So he played college college basketball. We basketball background, as, there we uh, go. Yeah, picked him up as a B-grade rookie. Yep. Um, played two games, played quite quite well. Played Sorry, one game um, against GWS and actually played really well. I was surprised he didn't get another game, but he loves the contested ball. Yep. Um, tore it to pieces in the VFL and then the final that Casey played against uh, Richmond that we lost but we came back from some ridiculous yep. you know, I think it was 25 in the quarter or something. Yeah and it was all off the back of Corey Maynard. Yep. It was just digging, getting the ball out and watching his last quarter he kept on going, finishing up at a contest, getting the ball kicking it or dishing it out and then straight away he's trying to run to the bench because he was just gassed and the coaches are going, get the hell back out there. <laughs> we can't afford not to have you out there. And he just kept on playing on, the, on an empty tank and he was, yeah. And the, the coach came out as well afterwards and said that's the best game of foo- yeah. uh, VFL football I've ever seen from any player. Hey, look, you take that in any player. Like, you can have the most skilled players, but if they don't have that, um, that drive to keep going when there's nothing left, then yeah. you know, by three-quarter time in a premiership game, they're, they're useless. But the guys who are you know above average, you, you can't be a shit player, but uh, are willing to just keep pushing, pushing, pushing when everyone else is fucked, and they're almost vomiting sort of point. Um, they're the players that make premierships. Yeah, and I mean, he's got the college basketball in the States, so you know they're usually pretty good outfits that know... So he's probably got about eight, so eight illegitimate kids running around somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he'd have that um, sort of elite sports background so yep. you know he's sort of used to how that they train and, and everything the like professionalism that. that's required to be an athlete yeah that's right so you know i'd like to think that that that's helpful for him um and i don't know just, it can't hurt you just look at the stature Although, of the bloke he's ripped you're going from college background basketball which is highly professional but they're not getting paid shit so all of a sudden he's getting cash he's like fuck yes no oh. they're not getting paid shit above the table 
They're getting paid. Don't worry about that. It's college well, basketball for Christ's sake. If that was the case, he would have gone to Carlton. <laughs> yeah, well, he's had enough of it now. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got enough brown leather bags. Yeah, now he's gone for the old money instead. Um, so, do, who's in trouble then at, uh, at at the Demons? Is there anybody? Because I think there is. I, I think in trouble for a good reason is Cam Patterson. Right. He's uh, he's an above average player in a lot of different ways, but below average in uh, who he's competing against. Well, he's competing against. Uh, you know, sort of Maxi Gorn for the, the part-time ruckman, but also Jesse Hogan. And we know yeah. Hogan's better when he's fit and ready. It's just when he's fit and ready is a big, uh, a big thing. And not through any fault of his own. He's he's had a pretty horror run with it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like Pedro, um, not just because of the nickname, um, but I, I think he's one of those players where the less you see of him, the better the team's going. Because if you're using him, it means yeah. someone else has broken down. Yeah, I, I can see that. Hard? Do you reckon? Um Josh is just a North Melbourne supporter with a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. <laughs> Actually, no, he was one of the ones we said no thank you to, and he's actually had a decent career. He's one of the ones where he's done well enough that I can be happy for him, but not so well that I'm, I dislike him yet. No, he, his last handful of games at the end of the season, he was best on ground for us yep. and against the Lions. He played a, a pretty good game. Um, and St Kilda as well, he's getting to over 26 touches, mm. pitch in the ruck. Um, and he's just one of those 100% effort all the time. Exactly. And it's that, that gas tank thing where he'll, he'll just run on empty and mm. he'll do... And he's a massive team player. So he just... What do you want, coach? Yeah. do it for you. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a great asset. I you know, will he be in and out of the team during the season? Quite possibly. Um, but, you know, he's, he's the kind of one of the guys on the list you love to have. Because he can play as a defender, he can play as a forward, he can play he's as a utility. Ruck, a and he'll do whatever you want to do, and yeah. he'll do it 100%, and he'll tackle anyone that comes near him. But unfortunately, like, even if Melbourne, if Melbourne to go all the way to the grand final, he could be one of the blokes that misses out. Because if you're best 20, your best 22, he's not a part of. I'd yeah, say. but he'll be one of those stories as well where he missed out, but he was there in the change rooms helping everyone get ready. And he would be, I believe and it. He'd, he'd be running water if you had to. Yep, so... You know, I, I I love having him on the list. I love that He'd be cutting the cheese signed, 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 him, signed him up again. Yeah, <laughs> filleting the fish, <laughs> cutting the cheese. That's cost uh, Adelaide a premiership in '93. Um, I, I put down Dom Tyson as well because I I don't know how many chances he's got left because he spent what eight weeks on the on the sidelines through suspension this year. There's only so many times you can go down that path where your skill level and how much trouble you get in. Sort of crosses over. Dom Tyson, uh, bug, but uh, Thomas Bug, sorry. Yeah, no, Dom Tyson. Gone pretty safe. Yeah, gone backwards. <laughs> what about Bug? Yeah, Bug is who I meant. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. He, bug by name. He. And nature. If his goal kicking was straight, mm. his season before swinging the fist, yeah, uh, would have actually been right up there. He had games where he kicked one goal three, and yeah. those three goals were from 20 metres out, the 15-degree angle kind of thing. You know, you can't miss those at AFL level. So, you know, he he showed, and actually in the VFL in that same Tigers final, he was playing some ripping footy. He, he, he has the talent and the ability. He has the drive. He has all of the, the things that you could want. Been, it's just getting the head straight. Been talking the talk before he could walk the walk, though? A little bit ahead of himself? Yeah. I'd say a long way ahead. <laughs> it's like a lot of those. that tiny bit crazy. Oh, yeah. Six shades of nuts. Yeah. But every every team's got their crazy bastard. Um, all right. So where do we see them finishing up? How's uh, 2018 going to look? Uh, wins low-wise or ladder-wise? What do you reckon? 
Mate, I'm still struggling after <laughs> the season. I, I can't make any predictions. Do we need to get you a new... I'm scared if, if somebody got you a new puppy, it's not going to see the uh, <laughs> real or imaginary. Have to put it down in another excuse. <laughs> Shh, it's okay. You don't need to see this. Sleep forever. Where do you think they are, halves? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just miss again. Yeah, sort of ninth. I mean, yeah. now Richmond's up in the eight. Someone has to take ninth every year, so <laughs> I'm happy enough for it to be. Well, I mean, it's half of what they used to take all the time. They used to take 18th, so, or 16th back in the days. I, I actually reckon that um, their core group, another year older, you're gonna have, you can't have as bad a luck as last year with uh, Viney and uh, Jones didn't play yeah. half a season. Um, you know, the, the two captains I'm not convinced on. I reckon they should just pick one, but... Anyway, that's just my personal. But I think with the out of lever gives them a little more class down back. Yeah. I, I got a couple of extra wins out of it out of the season for them. I've got them in sixth. I know Brenton's not here, but he's got them in seventh. So where have you got them, Josh? Eighth. Eighth. So Eighth. sneaking in. All of us are picking them to sneak in. I think their list is better than it was last year, and I think yeah, um, yeah, it is. I think they can they can uh, manage to rest players when they need to. Uh, so guys like Gorn won't be down at the same time that Jones is out or uh, Hogan's out. Hogan had a horror run. Through you know, Everything. well well documented cancer issues and whatnot, but um, with him back in the side and hopefully you know everything's all uh, sorted there, uh, the team looks so much better already. Yeah, and then throw in the fact if Gorn can get twenty two pl- uh, twenty two games out, uh, leave it down back. You want him to stay fit all the time, and then you know Oliver Viney. Well, to be honest, this is great. Levis just got to get through the Adelaide games if he can handle that because there was so much off field shit and um, through the media and, and all that. If he can handle that pressure, the rest of the season's a breeze for him. It'll say a lot about him, won't it? It will, yeah. I mean, the good thing is, living in, him. living in Melbourne, he's not going to see the advertiser ever. No. So all the stuff that's written about him in there by uh, Michelangelo Ritchie, he'll never read. True. Yeah. Um, all right, that'll do us for Melbourne. Um, thanks for that, uh, Ricky and Harves. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all looking up for the demons, I think. Good luck. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.